Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. One of the most annoying things I hear from a client is that they love their spouse, they're just not in love with them anymore. Well, yeah, because staying in love in love forever is not physiologically possible. You can only have new once, but there's a reason why antiques are considered valuable. Things that last are admired. And as I've talked about before, falling in love is a biological process that is designed to keep the species going. It's designed for us to meet, mate, and procreate. Then we're supposed to move into a more mature and deeper love. So why do we keep chasing this in love feeling? Why do we keep thinking that if it ebbs, it wasn't real? So to help answer that question, I'm joined by writer Mark Radcliffe. So Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking about what seems to be like this universal and never-ending conversation. Thanks, Leslie. Yeah, great to be here. Um, it's certainly the the eternal uh, the eternal question for for those of us looking for someone to share our lives with, and, uh, and even for those of us who found somebody to share our lives with, it's, it, we still question this all this stuff. Yeah, it, it's an ongoing project. Um, you know, uh, lo- love is love is a, a verb, not a noun. Um, mm-hmm. One. One notion I try to keep in mind, it's, you know, it's just because you met someone or even you put a ring on your finger doesn't mean it's locked in and it's going to stay that way. It takes right. ongoing work. Well, and I'm so glad you talked about this because you actually wrote a piece entitled Your Soulmate Isn't Who You Think It Is that appeared in, on the Good Men Project. And in it, you talked about the idea that it should always be magic. There's this, you know, there's this thing out there that, you know, it's always fireworks and butterflies and magic and all this stuff. So what actually is the problem with this way of thinking? You know, I think it, the, the, it's a lovely idea. You know, we've all Isn't sort of, <laughs> we've seen, you know, we've had fairy tales and Cinderella and she goes to the ball and the handsome prince puts in, and then it's magic and then happily ever after. Um, right. And, you know, there's been a number of narratives and culture and, 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 you know, even from books we're reading when we're toddlers, um, but to, you know, to, to uh, romantic comedy movies and everything is this notion of, you know, getting to this incredibly inspired in love place and then trying to make love last. Um, uh-huh. But what's sustainable is the ultimate question. You know, this incredible sugar high of like first love <laughs> it's not sustainable and and it's and it's okay if it doesn't sustain the problem is if we're trained to expect it to stay at that level for mm-hmm. eternity because it just can't uh, we can't you know life can't be <clears throat> you know one high to another high to another high there has to be vicissitudes and ups and downs where it happens in your career it happens with our own bodies whether we're athletes or just trying to take care of them sometimes we get sick and it's a rough, rough patch. And that's okay. It's not like, uh, oh, my life is ruined. It's, hey, there's, there's, there's ups and downs. And there's going to have to be some in your relationship as well. And if to not allow for that is to set yourself up for disaster. Well, and I, and, and you know, and that's really true because, and, and the reason why this show is entitled what it is, is because you're talking about those fairy tales, the Cinderella, and they lived happily ever after. 
And, you know, and, and, and my cons, my thing is, it's like, okay, so let's check in with Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and Aurora 10 years later and go, okay, how's it going? You know, is the prince, you know, are you still madly in love with the prince? Because, <laughs> because you, we see that that's, that's the end of the rom-coms. They get together and then you don't usually see it again until it's like the war of the roses and, you know, and it's the divorce and nobody sees that middle piece. Cause you know, I talk about good relationships being really boring from the outside, <laughs> right? Not from the inside, but you know, from the outside, if you're looking at a couple that's doing really well, I mean, there's limited drama. <laughs> I mean, not to say that things aren't happening, but it's kind of like, nobody wants to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, true. It, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, you know, it, a, a really solid long-standing relationship won't be fireworks and magic and making out at the street in, in every, at every corner. Um, there's going to be a steadier, uh, more enduring quality to it. One, one of my favorite quotations, and I've used it whenever I give, I, whenever I'm at a wedding where I'm, I'm asked to speak or I can give a toast, I, I usually put this one in play. And it's, uh, it's by uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Um, mm -hmm. The notion is essentially... Love does not consist in two people gazing deeply into each other's eyes. It's in two people looking in the same direction. And the difference there is that, you know, one, one, if you're looking into each other's eyes, like, oh, that's from, my magic's coming from you and I need to get it from you and you, mm -hmm. I give it back to you versus we both see life in the same way. And when we look at the landscape of life and how to go about our days, whether it's just um, you know, how do, how do we want to spend a Saturday together or what kind of vacation we want to take or how do we want to raise our children mm -hmm. or, you know, all these, all the, the infinite, you know, questions of daily life and you want to do them in roughly the same way, not identically. Yes. <laughs> Should be some, some differences, but, um, you know, when you're, when you both kind of are looking at uh, an open road before you and a lot of different ways to go, you both naturally kind of want to go in the same direction. Uh, and that, that, can kind of sound boring, but it's a beautiful thing. And it makes your relationship so much easier when you're just with someone that, yeah, that's how I would handle that issue as well. Or this is how I handle conflict. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't rage and I don't interrupt. And I, I sit there and I listen. And when you're on the same page in that way, your relationship's a lot smoother and sure, less boring. It's got less drama, but right. you might like that. You might, <laughs> you might, it might find you like that. Well, but, and I, and I, that's one of my favorite quotes too. I love that quote. And, you know, but, but that quote also, and you mentioned, you mentioned handling things similarly, but not exactly. And I think therein lies what, what I say is the biggest challenge to a long-term relationship is that you are now, always have been, and always will be two different people. Sure. Now what? Because we do, I mean, we do use ourselves as the template. If I would handle it this way and it works, that's a normal thing to do and everybody should do it that way. <laughs> and I know before we got on the, on the recording, you told me that you'd spent a lot of time in LA and I grew up in LA mm -hmm. and I can't stand the drivers where I live because I learned to drive in <laughs> Los Angeles, you know? And so if everybody would just drive like me, I'd be perfectly happy, but they don't. So what's yeah. so, but, but this bring, brings up to this thing that because we don't agree a hundred percent, with each other that um that throws some challenge disagreement conflict what will you and that's where people get get caught up because you know what's because it, it kind of says that if it's real love mm 
Right. Okay. We have two extremes that either it shouldn't be hard or it must be hard. It's like, okay, so where's that kind of weird sure. thinking yeah. coming from? Yeah. How do you find the balance? Uh, it's, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Paul Simon, uh, of course, Simon Garfunkel, mm-hmm. uh, famous musician. He was he was married to Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia of Star Wars for a while, and their marriage didn't last. And it was one of those things that from the outside, everyone thought, oh, what a magic coupling and all that. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he said later, I said, you know, the problem with us is that we both wanted to be flowers and no one, want, neither one of us wanted to do the watering. In the right. <laughs> and, you, you know, that was unsustainable. So you need... Um, you need somebody to, it can't just be that one person gets to be the flower and the other person has to do all the maintenance, but maybe you both, you know, one person's career is larger than the others, but another person's a marathoner on the side, or, or there's, there's some balance where I water your flowers in this way and you water mine, but we, uh-huh. we can't both demand, you know, to be in the spotlight or start, cause there, then there's no balance and there's no exchange um you know i have these i have these two friends of mine that i, I met in um in grad school uh in, in advertising years ago and they were uh, named jeff and heather and they started out as friends and they, they became roommates and pretty soon they kind of they uh they started partnering together as an art director and writer team uh-huh. um and then they then they actually fell in love and started dating and they stayed art director and copywriter working it so they were together all day long uh-huh. and i said i said to them at one point, <laughs> how are you guys not driving each other crazy? Right. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, it's just so easy. Like I just, I just have, I have less drama with her than anyone else in the world. And they said, you know, we look at so many of our friends relationships and we're like, look at how much work they have to put in because they disagree on so much. And they said, really, it should just be pretty easy. And and that's, you gotta be careful with that. It can't just be, we don't have to do any work, but it means we were just, we had so many of the same values and the same interests um, you know, and look, I, she loves to run and I hate running, but, <laughs> but you know, but I like, I like rock climbing. And so they, you know, we, we have different hobbies or different things that kind of, you know, really get us excited. But I think there has, you have to find someone that, um, you know, their, their interests, you have enough that overlaps, but also a compatibility where, you know, okay, I can support you in that and you can support me in this and we can, Together, we can nourish each other and we won't get in the way of each other and we won't be resentful. Like if you're with someone who's resentful oh. of your, your hobby or your career and is competitive and holds that against you, then, you know, that's, that's a pretty big, you know, that's obviously something ideally you figure out before you, you, you get, mm-hmm. like, you know, look, hey, I'm an investment banker. I'm going to work 70 hours a week. Are you okay with that or not? <laughs> Right. Um, and, you know, and most people, the answer might be no. But if you lie to yourself and say, yeah, I'm okay with that because that's going to make a lot of money, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay with it. The truth is you're not. So it's about knowing yourself as well and what you can support. Well, and, and, I, and, and you talk about this, and I think that's where sort of this idea that, that it has to be hard because we don't do that kinds of things. We, you know, we, we fall in love, which, of course, is not a – logical brain thing it's actually literally biochemicals mm-hmm. and you know and so we we fall in love with this person and then we start trying to make the pieces fit yeah even mm-hmm. if they don't and you know i mean and and there was a uh i think it was a musical many years ago called i love you you're perfect now change which is <laughs> you know I- which is which is kind of that thing because if i disagree with you 
then that's uncomfortable and we have to figure out what to do with it. And generally what we tend to do with it is trying to get the other person to see things our way, which of course they're trying to do exactly the same thing, which is where we butt heads. And this is what makes it hard, right? Yeah. As, you know, as opposed to your friends who found a, a way to row together in the same direction at the same speed. Sure. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, you know, you, you, um, you know, any, any great, uh, team, you know, you look at, um, um, Steve Jobs and, and Wozniak, you know, of Apple, the founders of Apple, mm-hmm. like Steve, Steve was the vision, but mm-hmm. he couldn't build the computers. He couldn't, <laughs> he wasn't the nerdy tech guy who actually could put, you know, uh, the parts together and make something, you know, amazing. He needed Wozniak to do that. And, you know, obviously that's, that's different from a couple, but, um, you know, you need, uh, you know, romantic couple, but you need that kind of balance. Like we both bring different things to the table that nourish, you know, and, and inspire each other. Um, and it, I think it's, it's a, a big part of this is about how well do you know yourself and what you yes. need? Cause I think we all, we all think we need X, Y, and Z. Sometimes you get attached to this idea of, mm-hmm. oh, well, I, it's gotta be, they have to share my religious views or they have mm-hmm. to, um, I, what's really important to me is, uh, is, is hitting the gym every day and they've got to do it. Or I'm you mm-hmm. know, one example, like I'm a musician as well as a writer. And like, I don't, I, you know, it's, 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 I've actually learned it's better if I don't date another musician. <laughs> um, it's almost, it's a little bit of us. It's too much of the what? same thing. And, you know, if she wants to play shows every night and then where's, where's, where's the, um, Worth the time and the balance for both of us. So it's about knowing what you you really really need, not what you think you need. <laughs> well, and that's and, and we do we get caught up in this. And I I was telling this story, and I hope my sister does not listen to this show because I'll get a phone call. But <laughs> when but but um, she's been happily married to her husband for many years. But sure. but when she was younger, she wanted a man with a three piece you know, who wore a three piece suit. Yeah. Not yeah. only does my brother-in-law not have, he doesn't own a three-piece, wear a three-piece suit. He doesn't even own any kind of a suit. I mean, that's just not who he is. And so you get these weird ideas into your head about the should and yeah. as opposed to what's real. And I think yeah. that's part of what makes it so hard. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's often, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've had some female friends of mine in, in New York over the years who are like, I was like, Oh, what happened? You know, they broke up with a guy. Like, what mm-hmm. happened? I thought you were really like, Oh, he just, he, he showed up on dates, like he just, you know, so schlubbily dressed and he just had no sense of style. And, and then, and then I was like, Oh, okay, well that's, that's a little nitpicking. And like, I get it. You want, and then, you know, cut to six months later and she was dating a guy who like was super charming and incredibly well-dressed, but he was also a drunk who cheated on her. And yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, Hey, you know, okay. You got the, you got the magical exterior, but what's, what's, you know, what are the bones? And mm-hmm. there's the Mar- Marin Morris has a, has a country singer with a song out now called the, the bones, the house don't fall when the bones are good. And, you know, I, I wrote another piece uh, that I'm, I'm a flake on the title a little bit, but the basic idea was um, why your, your, your future husband might be a lousy first date. Cause yes. sometimes the guy who's, who's really got the goods long-term isn't the most polished guy in a bar or, or isn't the most, you know, cause that actually is a sort of whole separate pursuit oh, yeah. becoming, becoming an incredibly charming whisk you off your feet kind of guy in a bar versus having integrity, honesty, mm. you know, humility and hard work and, and affection and on a date, the things that make a relationship go 
long right. term. Often, look, you won't be able to see those in a minute and a half in a speed dating situation on a bar. So, right, or even or even a first coffee or even a first coffee date, you might not see it because yeah, it it, yeah. it takes a little bit to see what's what's beneath that surface. Yeah, and 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 yeah. I agree. Um, I need to remind you that this is happily ever after is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with writer Mark Radcliffe about what real love is and what it isn't. And if you think that love has to be hard or you're missing the in love feeling in your marriage, quite frankly, you're not alone, but it is possible to keep your love alive and your marriage thriving. And if you'd like to know how, I invite you to send me an email or give me a call and schedule your free, no obligation, create your happily ever, ever after strategy session. You can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. That's 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this conversation with Mark about how to sustain love, what it means to be in love, and do we actually have to work on it? And you actually state in your article that relationships should not take a lot of work. So, and if they are, it's because of one of two things. So what are those two things? Wow. Hold on. Let me, let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me get back to me back. It's funny because I remembered I, I, I do correct myself at a, at a, at a point. Um, and, okay. uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I and, um um, sorry, give me, give me 10 seconds. I, we, um, um, it, it should, it just shouldn't, <clears throat> it shouldn't take, it shouldn't be ongoing damage control. Like it, there, uh-huh. there needs to be some work. Like you have to show up for your partner. You have to, you have to have the humility to check in with them, not, not be all caught up in your own day-to-day stuff. Like sweetheart, how are you, how are you? And be attuned to your partner uh-huh. in sense when maybe something's off or they, are they, is their energy off of what's going on? Is, are you upset about anything? And have, have the willingness to get out of your comfort zone a lot of times. So these mm-hmm. conversations aren't easy and check in and maybe, and maybe be open to the idea that maybe you're doing something that isn't going over so well with them. And that, that takes work too. And it takes immense amount of humility mm-hmm. to say, maybe I'm still a work in progress. Maybe <laughs> I have been talking about myself too much and I haven't been listening enough, or maybe Anytime my partner shares what's going on, I'm, I'm, I'm going into fixer mode uh-huh. rather than, you know, supportive and listener mode. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I get into um, these, these, these two ideas of uh, one, whether you're, you're, you're a stable enough person on your own. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of it is forget the work or even before the work you do in your relationship. How much work have you done on yourself? Like, have, you know, have you. If you're, you know, if you're in your 30s or so and you've never tried seeing a therapist for a little bit, you might want to give that a shot. Um, you know, there's this antiquated notion that, well, therapy is for broken people. Right. Have a lot of issues. And I, I firmly believe everyone should have a therapist. I believe everyone should have a hobby. Everyone should do something to keep their body active every day, whether it's going to the gym or even just a walk. And I think everybody should have a therapist. And I really, really think it's one of these ways where we can, it's if you're committed to growth and to continual improvement, you might want to try having a therapist because that'll make you understand your own issues, what baggage you may have inherited from maybe your 
parents' relationships. You know, for mm-hmm. example, my, my parents didn't have a great marriage and they, they eventually divorced after 20 years and they probably should have divorced sooner than that. Mm-hmm. My mother will even say that. But they got, you know, when they met, they got engaged after three months and married after six. Like they didn't know each other. Right. <laughs> Just what they did back then. And, my, you know, my, my dad looked great on the exterior. He was a doctor and he, he played music and all that. But, you know, you know, at 26, he, they hadn't done enough work on himself. So I think number one is, have you done the work on yourself so that you, you're, you're on top of your own issues, your own needs, and you can check yourself when your attitude's out of line, yep. whether you're not being a balanced person or whether you're having, uh, you know, uneven expectations of your, you expect more out of your partner than you do out of yourself. Um, and that's, that's the second thing I get into is, is, do you have unrealistic expectations of what the other person is supposed to provide on a regular basis, you mm-hmm. know? Are you just sitting there with arms folded going, you know, you don't text me enough and you, I didn't do the dishes and you didn't cook for me and you're not bringing in enough money mm-hmm. versus, you know, versus <laughs> how well, what, what's your role in this relationship? What are you bringing to the table? Is it right. only, you know, are you sitting there acting like you're Harvard and the other person has to continually apply to get admitted <laughs> into you every day? Because that's not going to work. And, you know, people need to feel appreciated. You know, a lot, a lot of, most of my, most of my, my male friends, if they're in a struggling relationship and struggling marriage, it's usually due to one thing. They don't feel appreciated. Um, And, and, you know, we all have different needs. Men in particular, I think they really need to feel a recognition that they have value because it's sort of central to, I think the male identity in a lot of ways. Everybody has different needs, but you know, are you, are you, are you validating your partner? Are you only seeing what they're not giving you or are you, being fair and appreciative of the things they do bring to the table. Um, you know, well, yeah. Anthony, Anthony Robbins talks about this a lot. It's like the single biggest thing you can change is just what you're go from a, a model of expectation to one of appreciation. Stop, yes. stop seeing what's missing. Start focusing on more on what you do have and what you appreciate and your relationship will change immensely. Well, and that's, you know, and that's, and that's so funny that you say that because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I will have, clients and it's and frequently it's the men which i find very interesting Mm -hmm. when i say well you know what is it that you really want and they'll tell me i really want to to make my partner happy not that i want my partner to be happy but it's like so there's this expectation that that my part my partner's job is to make me happy it's that whole happy wife happy life thing that makes me insane um, you know, which, which it's like, that's, that's an unrealistic expectation. Cause first off, we can't be happy all the time because then that would just be our new normal and everything would be flat. But this idea that, you know, we have, that it's my job, it's my job to take care of myself, to, to manage my own emotions, to manage my own, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that we all have, yeah. um, and, and, and not put it on my partner, yeah. you know? But yep. that's, but that's, that's really, really hard. I mean, we do Absolutely. have these expectations, you know, and it's like, and, and, exp, you know, and, and expectations aren't necessarily bad unless they're unspoken. I, I say, if you put the expectation out on the table and your partner agrees to it, you're good. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but if you put the expectation out on the table and your partner goes, yeah, I'm not up for that, then sure. you either have to have a discussion or you need to move on. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you know, agree to terms and be, be incredibly honest about it. You know, if you're, you're dating someone um, and they talk a lot about wanting to have kids one day, you kind of don't, but you're not honest about that. And you're like, well, uh, 
we don't need to talk about that right now. Right. It's under the rug. Like that's not going to be, that's not sustainable. Again, it's always about what are the sustainable attitudes you can bring. And if one of them is you're, you're failing to give voice to your own truth, yeah. uh, what you need and what you see for yourself, then it's not going to last. That said, I've, I've, <laughs> I've had a number of female friends in my life, even some women I've dated over the years who were like, Mark, I'm going to tell you one thing. I will never have kids. I don't want kids. So if you want that, we can't work. With. Cut to 10 years later, they married someone else. I got three kids <laughs> and, they, and they love them. And, right. uh, you know, Sometimes, sometimes we think we know ourselves and we actually, actually. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but that's where the fear comes in. And, and I think a lot of what happens in relationships is fear-based because I, well, I can't claim my truth because my partner won't like it. Right. Yeah. It's a a view of um, this notion of you either see the world through a lens of scarcity. There's Mm -hmm. not enough for me. This, this might be the last guy or girl I'll ever find. I better just stick with this versus a lens of abundance. You know what? There's other fish in the sea. We, they want this. I want that. That's, that's a little too different. You know, there, mm-hmm. there, a little difference is okay. Don't right. throw something out the first time you're like, ah, we disagree on X. Like maybe you do want to, it's impossible to, to be with somebody who completely models you because you're, you know, opposites attract and you right. want a little variation and you need, and that'll help with compatibility. If you're, if you're just the same person, that's it won't really won't really last but you want a little you want a little variation and you want um you want somebody who's going to you know who's, who's going to complement your your differences but there's something you, can i get back to one thing that is something you, you talked about a little while ago about yeah, yeah. what you, what you bring to the table and what you expect out of your partner and have, having done the work on yourself i'll, I'll call myself out on a, a past mm-hmm. relationship you know many many years ago when i was in my 20s i was um I was dating this wonderful girl uh, named Kathy and, but I was kind of in a transition in my life. I quit. I was an English teacher and I quit being a teacher for a while. I knew I wanted to do something different and I was studying acting for a while and I got, and then I became a bartender and a waiter while I was trying to figure out my, my, you know, I was having a sort of a quarter life crisis. And when I met her, I was, I was in this new phase of my life and I was, I was pursuing the creative arts and I was, I was, part of this exciting nightlife as a bartender. And I met the girl for surprise. We both worked at the same restaurant and got in a right. relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after a while, it was around six months or so. I just kind of, I sort of thought I was falling out of love with her. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I just, you know, the spark was gone. And I, you know, I was like, I guess it's, it's her. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. uh, obviously, <laughs> I guess I don't really love her. And, and we, and we broke up and it wasn't until years later where I realized what was really going on with me is I was freaking out about my, where my life was going. Right. As, as a guy, like I was, for a little while, I was fun being a bartender waiter after I'd been an English teacher, but then I was, also I was 26 and I was like, well, where's this going? Where, what's your future? What, you know, and I, you know, a few months later I applied to grad school and that's when I committed my life to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't that the problem wasn't her. The problem was me. I just all of a sudden was completely unhappy with where my life was, but I wasn't quite, I didn't have the perspective on it and to uh-huh. really know that that's what was going on. And, you know, years later, I sort of reached out to her and I was like, Hey, just, you know, what actually really happened here? I now know it wasn't you. I hope well, you're well. It was me. And we, but we, the trick is to, but that's try what to we do. Yeah. But to try to catch yourself while it's happening, not after you've thrown the relationship out and it's years later. It's just have that honest honest conversation with yourself. Like, is this really her? Is this really him? Or is this something going on with me? And I'm unhappy with my life, but I'm I'm putting it on them. I'm projecting it on them. Right. 
And, and it's, it, you know, and it's usually some combination, but it's easier. And I tell people, it's like when you're, when you're part of a relationship, you have a built in scapegoat. Yeah. <clears throat> it's if this person would either just stop doing what they're doing or do, you know, but, and, yeah. and it's, you know, and sometimes that's, sometimes that's really the case. Sometimes it's like, I can't deal with this. This is not something I want in my life. But then again, that's me being honest with me yeah. and, you know, and, and sometimes, you, you know, sometimes the other person is just, they don't know that that's a problem. If you can explain it to them that, that this is problematic and they care enough, they'll go, oh, okay, let's see what we can do about it. But it, you know, but it, but it is, it always, you know, and I'm so glad that you, you said that because a lot of what makes it hard is mm. I'm trying to change somebody else, yeah. which is impossible and so I have to look, it's like, okay, what am I doing with this? And that's where the hope is, is that I'm looking at myself going, what am I bringing to the table here? Yeah. You know, when I was, uh, when I was an English teacher, I taught at this uh, school uh, in Maine, a tough love school for troubled teens. And we worked with families a lot. And, you know, it was, it was kind of this ongoing uh, discussion of, of, of relationships and what, what your role is in it, whether you're a parent and it's your relationship with your, your son or, or your daughter, or whether it's your spouses. A lot of times when we work with these families where like, hey, Junior, junior, you know, uh, was, was an angst-ridden teen, and he started getting into cocaine and drinking, kept getting kicked out of private schools, and now he ends up at the school where we really got to take a look at his behavior. It, yeah. and we always ask the parents, like, hey, mom and dad, how's your relationship going? And they're like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? It's, it's our kid. <laughs> it's, you know, he's the troublemaker, so fix our kid, please. We'd be uh -huh. like, oh, maybe, maybe let's look at the household and how are you guys fighting a lot? Is there, you know, get honest here. What's really going on? And one of the, one of the big principles I learned is, you know, you can't control someone else's actions. You can only control your reaction to them. Right. And having, you know, and that doesn't mean you're not allowed to, to not like something someone else is doing. And you should be honest about it. There, of course, there are healthy and unhealthy ways of doing it. I'm a big fan of the, uh, the, the principles of nonviolent communication. Yes. Uh, there's sort of four key steps, which I'll, I'll sort of roughly speak to. But, you know, one is um, when you're having a, when you want to have a, um, uh, when you want to address something with someone, first you say, when you do X, uh, don't call me back or uh, show up late to a date. I feel mm -hmm. Y, um, neglected, uh, unimportant, whatever. So, um, which conflicts with my need for Z uh, uh, to, to feel valued, whatever that variable is. There, so therefore, I'm asking you to do, you know, Q. Right. Um, it's a sort of four-step process where at no point in that do you say, you're a jerk. Right. <laughs> You're right. inconsiderate that you got to remove the you statements and you got, but you also have to be honest about what it is that you really need. Um, well, yeah, because it's easy to complain, but it's more yeah. effective to request. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, that it, again, it doesn't, doesn't mean uh, you, you got to get rid of this notion that somewhere out there for you is somebody who won't do a single thing that's right. going to put you. And we, I think we all, we all think that. And I even, I even wrote another article titled wait for the one who gets you. Um, yes. And, you know, but that, that doesn't mean wait for the one who worships you or who absolutely salutes every single thing you do. Like if you're with someone that pushes back, gives you a little, you know, uh, challenges you and is willing to call you out on, on your, your, your BS. Uh, you want that. Don't, yes. don't run from that. Like that's, <laughs> that's somebody who a has high standards. You want that. 
Uh, you don't want to push over. You shouldn't want to push over. If you do, then maybe there's something else to look at. Uh, and you want someone that's going to help make you a better person. Um, but, but if you can't be with someone who can call you out and stuff once in a while, then you've got a little work to do. What's that about? Why can't you, you know, mm-hmm. hear, why can't you give, you know, um, give importance to somebody speaking their conscience? Why can't you, what's, what's that about? Why is that threatening to you? You need, you have a moral obligation to ask that question. Uh, right. Cause you have a little work to do if you can't be with somebody who is, is going to push back a little bit once in a while. Well, and, and, and I love that because in actuality, that's actually the soulmate, the person who challenges you, wants to make, who, who, who <clears throat> wants you to be your best self and will support you in getting there. So, and I'd love to continue this conversation, but sure. you know, time is Did up. Did we run out of time already? Run out of time. <laughs> My long-winded uh, answers. No, up the- I think there's great. So can you tell people where they can read more about, you know, soulmates, what good relationships look like, all of the stuff that you, that you share so love, love in such a lovely way. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So again, my name is Mark Radcliffe. That's Mark with a K Radcliffe, R-A-D-C-L-I-F-F-E. Remember that E at the end. Um, (laughs) I've written a lot of essays that can be found on the good men project, but it's an ongoing conversation about what it is to be a good man. Um, And the face things that face the challenges that men face uh, both in their personal lives and in their, their relationships. But I'm also on Medium. Um, just if you search for Mark Radcliffe on Medium, a lot of my articles are there. Um, I had a pretty viral one uh, years ago called 16 Things um, Your Boyfriend Should Be Telling You. And it's not about what he should actually be speaking out loud, but metaphorically telling right. you how he should be showing up for you and appreciating you. And, and you know, and, and not putting up. You, gotta, you, have to, you have to have a little bit of, of um, appreciation for the ups and downs, but you should, you should have high standards about what the other person's bringing to the table and don't sell yourself short. But uh, it's been wonderful to be on the show, Leslie. This is fantastic. I'd love to come back if we ever want to get back on any of these topics again. Absolutely. So I just want to say that, you know, love will change over time, but whether it actually dies is up to you. So if you don't want that that to happen, then you have to take active steps to keep it thriving. And there are many things you can do, but you actually just have to take positive action. And so I hope one of the positive actions you will continue to take is to continue to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. 